0: One number that tells you how important the mega caps are in the weeks ahead 54%. That's the earnings growth in the fourth quarter for the six biggest tech companies. How does that stack up to the rest of the market? Every single other stock combined? It's not pretty. It's Tuesday, January 30th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And hello, Mark Gilbert.
1: Hello. How are you doing? This week is the week of mega cap tech earnings. We've been talking about it. It's been all over uh, CNBC air. And we want to take a look, sort of a larger look back today before we get all the numbers and look at how tech is doing compared to the rest of the market. So 54%, right? You said it right off the top. That is the super six, the six biggest stocks, aggregate expected year over year earnings growth for the fourth quarter D.
0: And something we didn't say on TV today, but I think is a really important part is NVIDIA makes up a lion's share of this, right? It is still the giant in the room, but still the others. These are just, you know, top-notch companies with huge balance sheets with either very good growth or garpy growth, growth at a reasonable price. And while well, revenue growth is kind of slowing, it's more of your mature, slightly more mature earnings growth, still pretty stellar.
1: Well, and we should but, say uh, what, what what stocks we're talking about, right? It's It's Microsoft, yes, Alphabet, you. NVIDIA, Amazon, Apple, and Meta. So it's those six biggest stocks that we've been talking about that have been driving so much of the market. And we're not talking about stock performance right now. We're talking about earnings performance and the fact yes. that earnings is set so to grow by more need. than 50 percent is pretty it's wild just for those six just six, a six
0: wild six. stat and we're going with the super six we took a note from jim kramer and we're dropping tesla
1: yeah from because, the because
0: not only because tesla has been such a laggard this year but because the earnings growth is negative so it kind of screws mm-hmm. up our comparison um but maybe the more surprising stat um as surprising. Surprising because of the huge weighting of the Super 6. Without them, the remaining 494 companies in the S&P, they're forecast to post a blended decline of more than 10% in earnings growth. So not only do the biggest tech stocks account for more and more of the overall markets by weight, but they make up virtually all of earnings growth. I mean, these this is just billions and billions and billions of dollars in profit.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I saw this at first, I sort of couldn't believe that it was right. Um, you know, I, I could imagine that 494 other companies in the S P 500, you know, had like low single digit growth. But the fact that they're not growing at all, they're shrinking their earnings, earnings of these it's companies, wild. profits of these companies shrinking by 10 percent in the fourth quarter.
0: And certainly you have some that are taking the average down, some much less profitable companies um, in the S&P 500. I also just want to note, big shout out to Dan Nathan, because he's the one that actually gave me the stat. We were recording his podcast, OK Computer, yesterday, and he brought this up and I said, hold on a second. What did you just say? And then (laughs) afterwards I texted him and I said, can you please send me where you got that stat. It's from facts I'm totally stealing it from him. And we made our whole <laughs> tech check TV segment Story around today, it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go, yeah, we're going to go deeper, but it's just pretty astounding because we yeah. talk all the time about how these companies have the ability to make or break the markets. And a number like this pure earnings growth just puts it in perspective.
1: So let's take a look. Let's dive into these six, six names and we'll look at who's reporting this week. We're going to swap out. Yeah, we're going to swap out AMD for NVIDIA because NVIDIA actually doesn't report until late February. So just for the purpose of this conversation, we'll talk about AMD instead of NVIDIA. But it's a similar story. And I always like it in the pod when we're able to sort of go one by one like this, which we're usually not able to do on the TV. So let's let's start with AMD.
0: Yes, this is all about revenue potential from ramping its new GPU, the MI300, right? This is the thing that everyone's excited about that could turn AMD into an Nvidia like story and we just we have the blueprint we saw what happened with Nvidia last year we talk about it all the time that even despite its enormous stock run up its earnings the stock tripled and its earnings quadrupled right Gilbert exactly. that's it that's yeah. what happened to Nvidia so even though the stock went bonkers it was actually less expensive
1: less bonkers than how exactly. how much its earnings how much the fundamentals of the business have taken off
0: now in this case you're putting the cart before the horse <laughs> because in AMD actually hasn't put these new chips, these GPUs to work. It's just like this idea and the idea that Lisa Su, the CEO, is such an executor and she's so good that, you know, Wall Street can't imagine a scenario where there's this GPU shortage and AMD doesn't benefit from it. So the street is already modeling in eps growth of 48% this year that's pretty huge but in the run up just this year so far its stock is up 20% so the rise for nvidia kind of came at the same time while it was ramping gpus were short were in a shortage and com- and companies were falling over themselves startups falling over themselves to get a hold of them in this case we don't know what the chip market is really going to look like this year. We have an idea. We know the generative AI is all everyone can talk about and they need GPUs and NVIDIA has dominated the market and there's a shortage, but this doesn't leave a lot of room for error, Mark.
1: Right. And, you know, even ba- on a valuation basis, you know, we like you and I like to talk about valuation and not just talk about raw stock price, but AMD is the priciest of these six six stocks on a forward price to earnings basis. So if you look at the price of its stock now and compare it, that to what its earnings are, you're paying the most at this point. Um, you're paying the largest multiple for for AMD. And that's it's only slightly below NVIDIA's actually right now.
0: So then maybe we can call AMD like the scariest earnings report because there's so many expectations built in. And when you talk about one of these huge names stumbling, I mean everything kind of has to go right for AMD because the stock has already run up. So they got to deliver here.
1: Yeah. And that's, and, and Let's move on. sentiment sentiment and, and expectations are, are such a big part of sort of earnings and and whether you beat it's uh, all an expectations game. All an expectations game. So someone that has actually so low expectations is Apple mm-hmm. at the bottom of the bunch in terms of earnings and revenue growth. So this is not a huge, um, you know, top line or bottom line growth story, but it has the lowest PE multiple. You know, it's it's in the it's in the lower tier of PE multiples, along with Alphabet and Meta.
0: We've talked about how Apple's been sort of this battleground stock in recent months, and that's largely because of those numbers, right? Those growth numbers—they're not all that impressive, and um, they kind of pale in comparison to some of the others, especially the chip makers. It, it do- it isn't seen as having this generative AI story. However, <laughs> plug for our weekly deep dive. Go watch our Apple as the AI dark horse, and that's where like the bull case always comes from. Is that Apple is so good at doing things? They've got the supply chain on lockdown. They've got the Vision Pro that could surpass everyone's expectations, getting incredibly good reviews today, Gilbert. So yeah. it also has yeah. a low PE multiple compared to the rest. Although you could call yeah, it high so it's if you cheap. yeah. Pro.
1: Yeah. So that's Apple. I mean, maybe,
0: I, maybe the one that could surprise to the upside or downside. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the other Apple story is that uh, is that it's you know there, there's been all this talk about how China sales are falling off a cliff and iPhone sales in the fourth quarter were weak. And so if they weren't actually that weak, it could be a really low bar for Apple Apple to clear. The other thing we should talk about is sort of like the the generative AI stories, right? That's kind of Microsoft, mm-hmm. Google, Amazon, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And and they're also the hyperscalers. Um, right. So this week, Wall Street's going to be looking for Microsoft to quantify actual specific AI or co-pilot sales. And to them, I say, good luck, keep dreaming. (laughs) I don't think that Microsoft is going to do that. Um, They also want numbers from Gemini, numbers from Google around Gemini, its latest large language model, the most advanced version called Gemini Ultra comes out. Um, early this year. And they have like this weird pricing scheme. It's not really a subscription model where you pay 30 bucks a month per user per month for Copilot. It's like you pay based on the amount you use it. Um, And there's like different prices for inputs and outputs. So again, (laughs) good luck. I don't think we're going to get too many specifics. And then the third one is Amazon, right? It's just you know, desperately trying to convince Wall Street that it's not in third place here. And I don't think anyone doubts that, you know, they have a proposition, they're doing something interesting in generative AI, but is it at the level of Microsoft and Alphabet and OpenAI, et cetera? So again, I'm not sure that we're going to get like concrete answers, which just brings us back to cloud, which we've been arguing is the thing that still matters. It's not as exciting as generative AI. Incorporates AI, yes, but it's a little bit less sexy.
1: You know, it reminds me of what the media companies had to do a couple of years ago, right? Which is that they needed to, uh, you know, show Wall Street that they were building this bridge to the next business model, right? Which was streaming, which was direct-to-consumer platforms, you know, Paramount Plus and Disney Plus, and you know, NBC's own Peacock and stuff like that, while while still like preserving the old business behind them. They needed to to not cannibalize the old business and keep it running, and then build the new yeah. one. I think the the funny um, comparison is that once you got to the new bridge, it turned out that streaming wasn't a great business for a lot of these companies, and now they're sort of looking back and mm-hmm. and and trying to sort of blend in the you know the old business, which had advertising, which had a lot yes. more sort of revenue blend stability.
0: Is kind of you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, just jump ship. I don't know. I mean, what's interesting about these companies, uh, you know, specifically the hyperscalers, is that the business that they're that they're that is still growing behind them, that's sort of like off narrative right now, is a huge, growing, high margin, yeah. profitable business, right? Which is, I mean, it's not very mm. profitable for Google, but for Microsoft and Amazon, it's hugely profitable and drives the rest well, of the business. exactly.
0: And cloud is a business that Wall Street loves, so they like the fast, the fact that it's high margin, high growth. But there's important questions around it in the age of generative AI how much is redundant if you're spending money on generative AI tools in the cloud. I don't, you know, I can't remember which note I saw this morning, but um, a review of the upcoming earnings season and just the idea that not all AI spending is gonna be new spending. It's going right. to be it's going to take the place of yeah. some other. So, so who knows, like can cloud can Amazon AWS revenue growth ever get back above 20% or is that era over? That's a big question. The I think rid- that's the big yeah. question
1: for Amazon that we've talked about. Did we see a bottom and are we going to see a, a ramp back up or did we see a bottom and it's going to stay at this sort of new lower plateau for, you know, lower for longer? And is this sort of the new normal?
0: I, I love talking about the hyperscalers and cloud, but I do wonder <laughs> if everyone feels that way. Give us some feedback right. on the pod. Right. We've, Are we talking,
1: we've talking too about much? Cloud forever. Okay, well <laughs> the other one, the other one on, I yeah, want to talk about is uh, yeah, we should talk about Meta, right? We're talking about these six. I was sort of fascinated to look at Meta's valuation. Um, you know, relatively low compared it's to the rest not of the group. Crazy it's not crazy it's just it's just below alphabet it's below Microsoft it's below AMD and Nvidia it's below Amazon and Apple um, it's also got you know huge growth potential I, I I thought someone this is uh Bernstein sort of laid it out really well so meta now trades at 400 dollars a share right that's very easy it is 20 times twenty dollars of earnings right so in 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 2024 a lot of 20s I just said but this year in 2024 they're gonna have they're going to make $20 per share and you slap a 20, 20 times multiple on that, you get to 400 basically. So, you know, what happens next? I well, think is the, yeah. the big question, yeah.
0: Um, And there is, I mean, I like too that they highlight some of the risks, right? Meta's had a great year and it also came off some very low expectations and a really tough year for the company. So what if you start seeing decelerating revenue growth? There's the Timu China risks. We've talked a lot about Timu, how it's just spending so much money on the social media platforms. And that isn't like a straight line to success. You've already had headlines about lawmakers trying to crack down on some of the loopholes that they use. There's always the question of metaverse spend. Wall Street hates it. And Zuckerberg's been able to do something brilliant and turn metaverse spend into AI spend. So good for him. (laughs) That will have to last, though. Um, And then like, there's been a lot of excitement over reels. But at some point, that's going to mature and engagement will slow as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really fascinating to see Uh, it's another one that it's sort of become like a battleground mega cap um, because there's a lot of differing sort of sentiment on the stock. But Um, but
0: few bears, I think, like when we call it a battleground stock, I think you hear so often that because it's it's of its valuation.
1: People generally- and yet, exactly. That's what I was going to say, because of its valuation. I think people like to talk about it as a narrative and as a story. But if you look at the valuation, clearly, um, you know, it's not getting the same sort of leap of faith, right, that some and of, these other, some of th- these other stocks are getting.
0: I'll throw in Google, too. Um, uh, widely owned and also seen as like relatively cheap. It's price to earnings ratio is 23. So right. similar to that of Meta. The other last thing I'll say is keep an eye on this efficiency drive, right? Because all the companies can do it. Google has been leading the charge this year, um, but that could that could provide for some good margin profitability for Google. And if you think Meta is going to do the same thing as well, then that'll be interesting. But uh, big night tonight, we'll be watching it all and we'll be breaking it down The names that report tomorrow.
1: Yep. See you after the bell and see you back here uh, tomorrow, D. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway.